Also, how dare you make sense? How, how dare you do that? Yeah, we try not to do that on here. Hello there. You, uh, is there a Happy New Year's theme that we can do here? I don't know, Tyler. No, nothing? All right. Well, hello there. You fantasy leaguers still paying attention. I don't know why. It's Most of you can't be in the championship unless, of course, you've been avoiding and ignoring all the advice that we've got given on this podcast. Uh, that's probably the, actually the only path to getting to the championship. But welcome to the MAP Podcast. This is a podcast about a 16-team Superflex Fantasy Football League. And, uh, yeah, we are at the end of our season, and joining us today, we've got Tyler and Alex. Alex, out of the three of us, you're the only one still in it. Congratulations, by the way. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, uh, earlier this year, you were on the podcast, and I think we you had just lost Anthony Richardson, and yep. you were... In a, in a, you were you were feeling it because he was getting what twenty bombs, thirty bombs every week. It felt like, and you were thinking about doing a rebrand. Well, here we are, eight nine weeks later, and you're in the championship. Are you still thinking about a rebrand? Uh, the only, and this is going to be an inside joke for our listeners. The only rebrand that might happen is the Monkey Lions, from because of our our uh, championship AI designed pr- pr- promotional artwork. I guess you would call it. I don't know where it came from, but <clears throat> for some reason, Joe's Primo team is represented by monkey lions in that. And I think it's good omens. So if we win it all, we might become the monkey lions. Hard to argue with the, that logic there, Alex. Um, you know, you got to be feeling good. It, it did look like when Richardson went down, kind of, you know, who knew where this season was going. Kamara had just come back from that suspension. Um, and you've seen this kind of bad luck year in and year out being right on the playoff bubble every year for the past two seasons at least um what's it feel like to finally be the bride and not the bridesmaid (laughs) well you know what's funny is i've i've actually paid less attention to fantasy the last two weeks than i have all season i've just been setting my lineup watching the games and letting it happen as it happens uh i had a really pleasant surprise two weeks ago with uh terry mclaurin going off in the last in the fourth quarter Trip Kobe Brissett. I was like, oh, I'm done. I guess my playoffs is over here. Just kidding. I hop in and, and Drew is actually texting me saying, what is happening? What is going on? This is insane. So uh, <laughs> I'm just kind of riding the wave right now. I'm not really, I'm not stressing. I feel like I'm playing with house money at the moment. Yeah, that's a great way to be. You know, you've kind of got a set it and forget it lineup, right? At this point. I mean, yeah, Brandon uh, Johnson had a great week this past week, but are you really like and he's been coming on. Are you really thinking about putting him in over Jalen Hyatt at this point, for example? Right. Uh, I think right now, I think I actually have Tolbert in over Hyatt, but it it's a coin flip of bad. So uh, you know, I don't really know if there's a right choice. I think they're Hyatt probably has more upside. Tolbert might is probably more likely to score five points than he is zero. But or uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a right choice between the two of them, to be honest. 
All right, let's go review last week's matchup. So really quick, uh, in the second week of the playoffs, we had the Darnstown Druce fall to the Vienna Rams of the best, 173, excuse me, to 162. Ah, that's, that's a that's a rough one. Purdy throwing four interceptions. Obviously, you know, the podcast has gone back and forth on the val- what we think of Purdy. I think right now being in the MVP race, he's definitely a really good starter to have for whatever Drew has him for. I don't know, $3 or $2. But that's a bad timing for his lowest probably production of his entire career. So, yeah, Byron, it's really tough for Drush. I think the one consolation they can take is it's really hard to beat 162 points. It doesn't matter how good of a week. I mean, you also have to have almost career weeks from everybody up and down the roster. And, I mean, that's what Dave got. His wide receivers scored 67, almost 69 points alone. Um, It was nearly enough to beat Drush by themselves. Uh, Additionally... You know, he struggled with who he wants to put in that flex spot all week going into this matchup, whether he wants a chain, whether he wants to like ride the second quarterback with Easton stick. Um, Antonio Gibson even got some consideration with a little bit of a health question mark and consistency question mark around ETN and Eckler overall didn't matter. You know, the, the roster for the Drush all season, despite seeming, on the average to be like an above average team, they've been really up or really down Mm. and never anything in between. It seems like um, with really high outputs and really low outputs. Um, Unfortunately, 73 points was not going to get it done uh, week in and week out. That was going to be a a losing team to everyone, but the bottom three or four Uh, really tough way for Drush to end the playoff run. He will enter the consolation the third place game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not much to add, you know, you're right. Dave scored 162 points. I think that puts in, it's another top five score on the season. I don't know. It's hard to be upset when you lose in a matchup like that. You know, I feel like he would have felt worse if he put up 150 points and lost. So, you know, at least this way, there's no doubt about it. There's nothing he could have done. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Well said. Uh, So then let's take a different approach. Obviously looking at the Jerusalem roster, how do you feel about A-Chain? Obviously, beginning of the year, the guy was a revelation. Now, come back to Earth a little bit, but I think you have to be still very excited to have him and Purdy, you know, the combination of both, what, 6 or $7 next year. Uh, Tyler, let's start with you. I mean, you got to feel good getting a chain back, right? Like, A-Chain, a chain... I've, I've heard about 75 pronunciations of this. You have Ayuk on a reasonable deal. You get Purdy back. Um, you know, you kind of like having Christian Watson around too, waiting in the wings. Isaiah Likely is still on there, who's shown out the last half of this season to be like a top half consistent production tight end. The Darn Sound should be, you know, it's going to be, it's going to sting to lose like this in the semifinals after having such a like, roller coaster of a season just to get here but they should take away they're like this team is set up to be like competitive in the future as Eckler's salary comes off on top of that so yeah um, I, I think probably what hurts the most is this is the third year in a row where 
you know, you're getting knocked out in the semifinals. But yeah, I mean, uh, the nice thing is you're still playing for money, right? So you get none of that. Well, we just lost Tyler there for a second. But you have the money in. Like, if you're getting paid to keep playing fantasy football, to get, get keep getting draft picks, I think overall you're excited. And eventually the championship ultimately comes down to luck if we're being honest with ourselves. All right, let's go on to the next matchup. Frederick Scrubs lost to Joe's Primo team, 84 to 125. We're going to be talking about Alex's team uh, a lot in a bit, I'm sure. So let's focus on the Scrubs. And it was just brutal, right? Like, you, I think we already talked about it. Sudden, Addison, and let's see here. I think Pacheco went down. I think Sudden went down. I think Addison went down. And Hawkinson, ACL, MCL, might not even play next year. I don't know the severity of the injury, but whenever you, I see ACL and MCL on the injury report, I think not good for long term. Or at least next season. I was, uh, you know, watching this matchup, I was sweating bullets when it started. Mason Rudolph going off. Uh, Kyron Williams starting off really well on Thursday, um, especially when Kamara not doing a whole lot. Um, but, yeah, t- tough beats for Scott. You know, he's, he's been really strong all season. I think he's the number one point scorer, or top three for sure. Um, he's been one of the strongest teams all year. Um, and just a uh, brutal way for it to end. Um, I think it's a common theme for our the two losers from the semifinals this week, just uh, not quite performing up to their standard. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. But again, in a similar sense to Drew, right? You have Addison and Rasheed Rice, who probably going to end the season as 800, 900 yard wide receivers in the rookie year. Historically, that is very, it indicates success moving forward in their career and i mean honestly if he came out with a two wide receiver twos or a wide receiver two and a wide receiver three he'd be excited because this roster is has a lot of talent next year for very very little i mean kyron williams isaiah pacheco kenneth walker and brian robinson all two-year deals or, or have one more year on their deal i should say all under, I think, $5, except Walker, who's 16. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a case of, like, if you're the Scrubs, run it back. Resign who you need to resign. Uh, you already know who your QB1 is going in next year in, in Justin Herbert, and Rodgers is on a relatively team-friendly deal if he's going to come back. Uh, I mean, he had a miracle healing, and he's technically active this week. You know, I think the scrubs are are disappointed in the same way that that darn sound Drush is to your point, um, but I think they're in an even better position with the running backs they have. Um, and I we've talked about it all year: running back roulette for them. Who do you start? Who do you sit? Uh, this week it almost didn't matter. None of them would have been enough to to get it done. It's unfortunate that the most talented wide receiver on Carolina, DJ Chark finally shows up in a week where it's just been a terrible season for him all year. And, and you wouldn't have started him anyways over those guys, but and it wouldn't have made a huge difference, but it would have gotten him a little closer. Might've felt a little better for him. All right, moving on. We've got obviously our losers bracket, our league, the second through eighth place teams, I believe go head to head. Is that right? Or is it ninth place? 
I think it's eighth place. I don't it's know. Eighth through fifteenth, right? So the last place team does not. Uh, yeah, I was thinking yeah, of second to last. Yes. Yeah, rookie draft picks, but yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so second to last through the through the team that finishes first out, right? So. Yes. So fancy footwork defeats Philly Citywide, a hundred and thirty to a hundred and eleven. And honestly, you know, first off, I I feel like it's always kind of feels bad to put up a huge point in the losers bracket but uh just because like what about if i was in the playoffs like i could have gone on the streak right but yeah uh cd lamb gabriel davis both going off and then he just has a really solid team i i think the the frustration for philly city wide is probably just the wide receiver two not really performing at all because otherwise he put up a pretty good performance a defense again not something that you're happy about when putting up two points Tyler? Yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head for Philly Citywide, and this has been, I think, an issue all year. Wide receiver two, right? You had the health of Aaron Jones and the health of, um, you know, they kind of patched it together with Deontay Foreman and Cam Akers there at one point. But their second spots in both the running back and wide receiver positions really let them down. They were the number one seed of the uh, – of the losers bracket, they'd done well to uh, win in the first round, just not enough to really fight off fancy footwork who has a talented roster top to bottom that suffered so many injuries during the season um, and just underperformance from players like Chris Godwin and Jimmy G and Desmond Ritter and uh, that they couldn't like ever patch it together. But now it's all coming together at just the right time to get their money back to end the season. Uh, could be back-to-back repeat losers bracket champions for Philly Citywide this year, or sorry for Fancy Footwork. I uh, you know I haven't been following the losers bracket too much this year, um, or honestly the playoffs in general. But I do love to see that a three and eleven team is going to try and win it all in the losers bracket. Um, and you know to your point, th- this roster looking at Fancy Footwork's roster, it looks really good. It's actually shocking that they're three and eleven, but. You know, sometimes you get some bad breaks throughout the course of the year, and, you know, here we are. Yeah, and and they started pulling players, too, and that's always going to have some effect on the record. Uh, Next up, we've got Lewisburg Luchadors versus Jagannoff. Justin winning 126 to 124. The game came, I don't know, if anyone was paying attention, this got really close really fast. Uh, Honestly, the fact that, CJ put up two goose eggs with Dalvin Cook and Pat Fryer. <laughs> the only reason that Justin was able to escape with the win. Uh, it's shocking how well everything could have come out for uh, for CJ. I mean, to me, this comes down to the like. Look, Pat Fryermuth has been awesome the first three years of his career for for Pittsburgh. They drafted a tight end this year in on day two. Um, you got to imagine that he's getting phased out at some point. Additionally, Kylan Granson, like, it's not like he's had huge weeks, but he saw seven targets this week. He saw four targets two weeks ago, three targets three weeks ago. On an indie team that uses, like, I don't know, seven tight ends. So, like, as he starts to emerge in year three, which is the breakout year for tight ends as the season winds down, um, especially when your quarterback is Gardner Minshew, 
who doesn't love the tight end position, doesn't feed the tight end position. It it was maybe something he should have considered as far as like who's getting the start. Otherwise, like, what are you gonna fault CJ for here? He lost by one and a half, literally less than one and a half points. Uh and the luchadors just what could have been for this team? Uh yeah, they're rolling through the postseason. Justin Fields injury in the middle of the season. Really, they came out of the gates three and zero. Then lost their next what five or six games at one point, um, as Justin Fields missed time, and 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 some of these other players. Devontae Adams has underperformed all year. George Pickens coming on of late. Kyle Pitts that trade in the middle of the season. Um, yeah, the Luchadors really looking like the bell of the ball, only to find out. <laughs> And we'll preview this here in a few minutes, uh, only to find out that we're no longer letting Russ cook anything. We aren't even putting him on omelet station, okay? Russ is not cooking. Russ has left the building. Taylor, can you? Uh, we gotta, we gotta just pause here, and and maybe you can like give us some knowledge. Why is it? It's, I know it's financial related, right? Like, as it it's something to do with the clause. Obviously, they don't have to pay him some bonus, I'm sure, snap count related or something like that. But is this indicating them moving off of Russell Wilson for good? I mean, so the crazy part is they can't really get out from under the, like, oppressive and, like, you know, stone tied to your ankles as you are cast overboard weight of the Russell Wilson deal until after next off season. Um, like they're kind of tied to him through 2024. Uh, they can get out of like a pretty healthy chunk of the money this year, but it's still going to hurt to cut him. Um, I think this is about the fact that he is just occasionally cost them games. There might be some performance bonuses tied to this, but I don't think Sean Payton ever wanted this. Sean Payton's type, um, despite years of success with Drew Brees, is Jared Stidham. Like, show me tall, dark, and handsome, um, and just, like, that's what that's what Sean Payton wants, right? So he's going to finally get it, and uh, we'll see what happens over the next two weeks. We saw what happened with Stidham at the end of last year. Had an amazing performance in week 15 and then completely shit the bed in week 16. So I'd expect much of the same. We've seen this since his Patriots days. Uh, inconsistent, you know, maybe like attractive talent, but but he just can't get the job done consistently. But just, just stop me here because maybe I'm going crazy. Alex, you, you could be the voice of reason. Like, I mean, how much are these financial bonuses, right? Like, the the just to say to your the head of your team, right, the, your quarterback, and if you are seriously tied to him until next offseason, you're just going to be like, you know what? No, I'm not going to give you two extra million dollars if you throw a couple so, extra touchdowns, right? Like, it doesn't it just seem like the biggest fuck you possible? So, the for what I was reading, the reason they're benching him is because if he were to get hurt, the rest of his contract, like the next two years, gets fully guaranteed. So they still have a ton of dead money, even if they cut him this offseason. But it's even worse if he gets hurt, because then it's it gets kicked down another year that their money is stuck on the books no matter what they do. God, that still is indicating not like you're like, we're, you're gone two seasons from now. No, I mean, I think the only thing to add is that... It, 
Russell Wilson's days in Denver are numbered, whether it's through retirement. He was drafted in 2012 or in year 11. You know, like this is already at an above average length career and an above average quality career. Um, but if he were to be a post-June 1st release this year, Denver would have to eat his 2024 salary, but their cap wouldn't be crushed in the same way as it would if he were injured and it got guaranteed or if they cut him earlier. Um, so if Jared Stidham shows out, if the Broncos make the playoffs with Stidham starting, which Alex is shaking his head vociferously here, I agree. Um, although I think Jared Stidham is mediocre and we've seen a lot worse backups this year. He's not good. And so, you know, if he shows out though, and they, make a move, it's not going to be super harmful to them. So I think it's the we're, the writing is on the wall. It's about the end of the Russ era. We'll see where it goes from here. All right. Let's move on to our championship game. My sincerest hope. I mean, first off, let's, let's be honest with you. I think Chad said it in the group chat, but we're all, the whole league is rooting for you right now. You know, I think even Scott, who you just defeated, is rooting for you. No one wants to see Dave get his fifth championship in 10 years. It just, that's, that's just doesn't, it doesn't look good for the rest of us. But I have no idea where I was going with that. It felt like I was, I was leading up to something there, boys. But, uh, well, I mean, I think the, that gets into our, our preview of the matchup, right? We've talked about I, it a little bit from, from Alex's side, but Rams are the best still favored by 10 here. Um, and that's really, I don't even know if Dave set his lineup yet. I haven't, I haven't. He definitely has to look. changed things, right? His, I think his lineup is at this point pretty much. Yeah. Set. I mean, barring some late injury news, right? He's, it's going to be Josh Allen, uh, Gus Edwards, Jalen Warren, T against Justin Jefferson, Amon Ross, St. Brown, right? Uh, tight end, he's almost definitely going with Njoku after the, the second half of the season he's had. And then a little Rams bias on the kicker. Bills get New England this weekend. He's definitely starting them. The question mark for Dave's roster is really that flex spot, and it's going to be a second quarterback. But is it going to be is it is it going to be Jake Browning? Is that the right play? Gardner Minshew finally, finally has a like return to earth week scoring 9.14 points this past week against an Atlanta defense. That's been pretty solid. They get Las Vegas who has looked good as a defense over the past couple weeks, but all season long is like middling at best. Um, do you trust the recent form or like the season average and, and play what I think is the better fantasy play in Gardner Minshew, or do you ride the hot hand in Jake Browning who hasn't been under double digits since he took over that job? Yeah, and uh, you'll have to you you would probably know better than I would, Tyler. Uh, Jake, the Kansas City defense, fairly respectable, right? Like, and obviously just had a huge defeat uh, defeat last week against the Raiders. So you kind of feel like maybe there could be a revenge kind of mentality, and they take it out on you know the young quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Kansas City, 12th ranked overall fantasy points in our league uh, as far as defenses go. Um, in real life, they've uh, benefited from playing some 
you know, they've had a tough schedule, but they've had down weeks um, by their opponents. Their defense has been, you know, at some point you got to, you got to pay people. They paid Chris Jones. They paid Patrick Mahomes. Um, they've paid Travis Kelsey. So the defense is kind of in a, the same transition period that the offense is in, but it's still really good. Um, what that means for, for, for the quarterback position this week, as far as Jake Browning goes, I don't know. I'd rather Gardner Minshew against Vegas instead of Jake Browning against Kansas city. That's where I'd leave it. Either way, you have an absolutely terrifying defensive line coming at an inexperienced or, mm-hmm. uh, in the case of Gardner Minshew, like a little bit of a gunslinger prone to just feed the ball to the defense occasionally. Speaking of terrifying, Alex, you look at the wide receiver core and just and just pray that Dave has because I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I uh, so well going back to the quarterback with real quick, you know, he's got T Higgins and one of my favorite fantasy strategies is lining up a quarterback with their number one weapon. Um, Jamar Chase is, I think, supposed to play this week, so maybe that makes Higgins a little bit worse. But, um, you know, that's something to consider as well. You know, Higgins is a lot scarier as the number one than he is as the number two. Um, I don't know if the if I trust Jake Browning to be able to go through all of his reads and be hitting, you know, his second read if he needs to. Um, so if T. Higgins is the number one again, I think it's a little scarier for me. You know, we'll see. Uh, but to your point, yeah, his uh, it's not close when it comes to the receivers. No. But, uh, on the flip side, I think it's not close when it comes to running backs. For sure. And I that that's actually a good segue into, I remember what my point was from earlier. My sincerest hope is that Alvin Kamara goes off for six touchdowns like he did against me when Dave owned him. So is there, I don't know if that's still a possibility in the man's bones, but if it is, please God, let it be uh, a revenge game here. Yeah, I you know, give me twenty touches. If he gets twenty touches, I'll feel good about it. He was a little little down against the Rams last week. I don't trust the Bucks defense. It's a division game. I think he's gonna I feel good about Kamara this week. Yeah, last time they Here's played the thing, when he gets touches. When when he gets that twenty touch mark, he's only gone under seventeen points uh two times, and one of those was 14.9 points. So really the, the 20 touch mark is the difference between like an explosive Kamara game and a average RB one Kamara game. Mm-hmm. Um, four of those seven times this year, he's gone over 20 points. So um, with one of them getting all the way up uh, two of them being 25 points. So, I mean, Kamara is, is, you know, you get the volume eventually he's going to break one off. And I know to your point, Byron, like, does he still have it age-wise? Maybe not every week, but you feed him enough times, he gets he breaks one. Oh, and that, that could be I, the difference for, for Alex this week. Yeah, and I was really not trying to make a point, Tyler. I was just trying to hope and send out a prayer that Kamara hears and decides, you know what, let's just go. Maybe God gets involved in this. I don't know. Anything. Just uh, We just want Alex to win. That's really it. Uh, is I mean, your big else? hope... Yeah, I mean, the 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 really big highlight here is what game script is going to look like in the running back games, I think, is going to dictate the touches in every situation, right? So you have the Jets with one of the lowest totals on the board of the week at 34 and a half. Um, if they get up big early, you could see Brees Hall just get three, five, seven touches a drive 
um, and just kind of churn up some yards in the second half of that game against Washington or sorry, against Cleveland um, could be a revenge game for Flacco though. Who knows what happens against that Jets defense um, for Kamara, New Orleans and Tampa Bay, both their season is kind of on the line here vying for the division title in the South. Um, and then with McCaffrey against Washington, like that game could be wrapped up 12 minutes into the game. And if they start sitting, if they start sitting their starters, sorry, really tough sentence to say there. Um, you know, McCaffrey could either, if he's the beneficiary and scoring all the points in that first quarter and second quarter, great. Alex can, can rest on his laurels knowing he's got off to a great start Sunday at one, but if they get up big and they start resting people, you could see the, the Jordan Mason or Elijah Mitchell show. Um, why why are you putting this out into the universe there, Tyler? Like, I mean, I well, understand that you're trying side, to analyze it, but like, my God, Tyler. Like, I, <laughs> well, because on the flip side, you've got Seattle against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's looked rough. Um, obviously, Mason Rudolph came in uh, much to uh, the shock of this podcaster here. Um, although I did say he only drops racial slurs and bombs. So uh, a lot of bombs went off in that game. Um, you know, if if they're down early to Seattle, Jalen Warren is the better back overall, in my opinion, and better receiving back for that Pittsburgh team. You could see him come in and get a lot of work in that game um, against a better Seattle team. And then on the other side, Baltimore has looked amazing. And yeah, Miami got the win this past week. Miami is shaky. That defense is still not healthy. Um, they could be trying to salt away a win too, and Gus Edwards could get a ton of touches. So that's what I mean by this really is going to come down to, I think, touch count and whose RBs go off early. All right. Well, I see your bad juju, Tyler. And uh, <laughs> I raise you that I think for San Francisco, Washington, you know, I've we've seen Kyle Shanahan kind of run up the score a little bit. Earlier in the season, he, was, he had McCaffrey in a game. They were up three scores trying to get him a garbage time touchdown to keep something going. I think he's going to kind of try to run it up again against the, against Washington. And, you know, they haven't locked up the one seed yet. The Eagles, much to my dismay, keep winning football games. And uh, they're, that one seed is very much in play still. So I kind of feel like San Francisco is going to go out and try and send a message this week and just bury the commanders, or at least I can hope. You know, underrated point there, Alex, especially with the Shanahan families history with the Washington franchise. So that didn't even think about that until you just brought it up. Yeah. Here's and another question. And this is much more like fantasy related earlier in the year. I know that you two had at least briefly talked about a trade for Amon Ross St. Brown. Now, now granted you never know what wide receiver or whatever the player is that you want to trade for. And then they immediately get hurt and it's completely pointless. Obviously drew saw that last year with Cooper cup. But, you know, what, can I ask now how those discussions went, where they went south? Like, I, all right. So I tried to put on my tough negotiator face with Tyler and was like, I don't want to trade a first, man. I don't want to do it. I would have traded a first. But before Tyler came back and said, all right, I'm taking a first from Dave, last chance, he'd already accepted it. So had, had you come back, I probably would have been like, yes, let's do this. Because um, as you know, I instead made the Alvin Kamara trade, which is basically the same assets uh, that really that mattered at the end of the day. Um, and I think with St. Brown and with Kamara, I think I'd be in the same spot going into next year as I am now. 
Um, it wouldn't have made too much of a difference for the future, uh, but I definitely think I'd be better off with St. Brown right now. Yeah, and I think that's a, a lesson to the rest of the league, right? Like, if Dave offers you something, shoot it out to everybody else because the fact that Dave offered it means that someone else probably will give you even more, you know? That's obviously Tyler's not... Uh, you know, I, I really did feel like the, the the value that Tyler got for Amon Ra St. Brown was great. I had no issues with it whatsoever. But just the fact that Dave wants a player, I think, increases the value at, the, at this point of the, for the player. Yeah, and on, on my side of that, right, the tough part is... Um, actually, had, there were it wasn't just Alex. It was at least two other people plus Dave, right? And I'm getting from all three of the non-Daves, including Dave. So all four people involved are like, I don't want to give up a first. I don't want to give up a first for someone who's coming off this year. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm perfectly set. I think I said it to you too, Alex. I was like, cool. I can, if it's not going to be a first, I'll hold him and we'll figure out what happens in the off season. And I think Dave was the first one to crack and all four of them had been so like tough over multiple days about like the first not going for a first that I was like, fine. Like we're coming up against the deadline. I've got a like one in the hand is better than two in the bush. Yeah. Um, and I had also gotten, um, you know, I was able to get Amon Ross St. Brown's replacement next year. Uh, Jameson Williams back in the deal. Um, a player I am very low on in general, but good first round draft capital and, uh, that ended up being the way I went. I think to Alex's point, the moment that trade went through, Alex texted me and at least one other owner texted me and we're like, are you serious? I would have gone over that. And it was like, for two days, you were well below that. So it's it, it's really like, it's really tough. I think this is where we as a as a league and probably this applies. This is one of the things that might apply outside of our league. We're so text message based and when you're doing things over text like a little bit of nuance and tone don't come through and maybe you don't get as good a read as you could if you just pick up the phone and call that person if they're really serious or if you're really serious um and that's like both the person who wants the player and the person trading the player it's on both of you to like figure out how to make it happen um and i I don't know how much more i would have gotten out of the trade but alex i think your point is correct. Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe you'd be a little better off with with Amon Ross St. Brown, but I think Kamara has done well enough for you at a position where Brees Hall didn't look super solid, and you never know with CMC. He's had injuries in the past. It's not like he's injury prone at this point, but like shoring up the running backs when you have some playable wide receivers has worked out pretty well. Yeah, and I think I think I actually think if you look at their scores since the trades happened, uh, they're pretty damn close between the two of them. I think their production week over week has been very, very, very close. Um, so I don't know. I you know, I, I I'm satisfied with where I'm at. Obviously, I think my my bigger sour grapes with the Kamara trade was losing Brandon Cooks, who was terrible all year until I traded him, and then he just went off week after week after week. And uh, having no good receivers and then trading one away that finally starts producing was pretty brutal, but it is what it is. It's always like that. 
It's always like that. Or the reverse situation where you trade for the player that's been going consistently off, and then all of a sudden, then you hit the dead patch where they're like, oh, okay, great, we're back to square one. I'm thinking of you, Jacoby Myers. All right, all right. now we got to go on to the, the toilet bowl. Obviously, what really I think the rest of the league cares about, fancy footwork versus Lewisburg luchadors. You know what, Alex? Please. Give us your your analysis for this game. What are you thinking? Who are you feeling like is going to win? Uh, I got I feel like I got to go with the Luchadors, right? You know, even though we just went on this long diatribe about how Russell Wilson's not playing anymore, um, I feel like there's just too much talent on this team um, between Fields, uh, Devontae Adams, Debo, Pickens, Kyle Pitts. I feel like you know, I think Justin is due. I feel like in the years since since I've been in the league, it's just been bad beat after bad beat for him. And I kind of feel like he's due, you know, fancy footwork. Their team is obviously, as we mentioned earlier, very strong, but um, they are 3-11. The, you know, there's a reason you're 3-11, even if you are tanking a little bit. Um, I think Justin's going to come away here. And, and talk about perfect timing. You know, you lose Russell Wilson, but... Kenny Pickett has been cleared to play against the Seattle Seahawks, so you do get to replace a quarterback with arguably not a very good quarterback, but still, quarterbacks get an easy 10 points every week. So Fair. I will point out that fancy footwork, prior to week, uh, week 10 when they started truly tanking, they went over 104 times and over 96 times. Um, two more games in the mid-80s during the bye weeks. Like This is a team that has showed its capabilities of scoring um, all year. They just suffered some tough losses in a competitive division um, with with Philly Citywide and, um, and, and your team, Alex, and Drush, right? Three of the top eight teams in the league came out of your division. Um, so really just a rough year for fancy footwork. I do think, um, you know, it, it seems likely the Luchadors win. I think the sentiment in the league is is pro-Luchadors. I personally lean fancy footwork here without the reliability of Russ Wilson. Um, and also I'm a little biased. They're basically uh, Monocacy Street Meet West, uh, as they've held several of my, my rookie draft picks over the past two seasons in this upcoming season. So really rooting for the footwork and the, what could have been meat rack. And I just, I think maybe the reason why that the league is also in support of the luchadors is because they have been bombarding us with grade a AI generated content, right? I, this is what I want to see. I want to see a luchador giving the game ball to uh, George Pickens, right? Like that's the kind of content that I want to see from my commissioner. And so I, I just want to give a bravo to Justin. And you know, another yeah. thing I got to give credit to Justin for is I just remembered we didn't get to talk about this, but Kyle Pitts scored 12 points last week. Would not, if he had not made that trade, which he got lampooned on for, is that the right word? It doesn't matter. Yeah. He on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, he wouldn't have won, so congratulations, Justin. A little, you got to get credit where credit is due. I mean, yeah, it, like no one has ever questioned the talent of of Kyle Pitts. Uh, what we've all questioned is the coaching 
decisions of Arthur Smith and the uh, fantasy viability of Kyle Pitts. Uh, great to finally see it show up last week, and uh, we'll see if it can continue. Uh, it also doesn't hurt that the whole league is rooting for the commissioner here on the Lewisburg Luchadors. It can never hurt to suck up to the commissioner just a little bit. So um, I will still be rooting for Jake and Zach. Go footwork. Um, and if this results in my permanent ban from the league, so be it. But someone's got to be on the on the wrong side of history, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Alex, you got anything else to add? You know, I just going to go back to Justin one more time. I feel like he is the, the vibes candidate for the losers bracket. Like I am the vibes candidate for the winners bracket. So, you know, we're standing in solidarity right now. Uh, anyone before we end, want to talk about, uh, the state of the league. This is a proposal that Tim gave, uh, in the group chat. He wants, I, I, I stop me if I'm wrong here. But he wants the winner of the losers bracket to be the speaker who introduces the commish to therefore give a state of the league, like state of the union speech at the end of the season. Um, I, I I love the idea. I I, just, I love it. Like well, I so think, I, I think we, you know, maybe it's been overlooked, but I feel like Justin has done this in the past already, and that like. He he maybe it's not quite as like announced with fanfare and, and trumpeted mm-hmm. in on his way in, but he has always at the draft at least given a little maybe it's not a full blown, you know, two hour production the way the State of the Union is, but he definitely gets up and he addresses the league and he, he gives his little spiel, right? Before the draft starts and he begins his commissioner duties. Um I think we as a league could do a better job of making sure that we um really boo him at the appropriate times and applaud when necessary to drag that out a little more uh, because we want to spend even more time that Saturday of Labor Day weekend with uh, in, in a sweaty basement in someone's house. I mean, uh, to those who don't know, we, uh, for our rookie draft, uh, Justin, our commission, actually got up on stage and announced each pick. It was brilliant and definitely brought the feel-goods uh, that was probably my favorite new addition. I think that's going to be a a regular, but yeah, I know I, I I'm, I'm I, it's going to be really good. I think it, I'm I'm interested. I'm glad that it's it's happening, and uh, the fact that we will hopefully establish it as part of the the rules that it, it has to happen. I think is something that is is good. Great great job, Tim. Good suggestion. The Ryan Bros are always full of great suggestions in that group chat. Yeah. Just for our, for our listeners out there. they're really volume shooters you know like (laughs) when you make as many suggestions as they do it's really a volume game they are the trey young of the group chat Uh, i think with that we will uh end the podcast I'm coming out of my draft and I've been doing just fine Gotta, gotta do well because I want it all It started out with a trade, how did it end up like this? It was only a trade, it was only a trade Now I'm watching the game, but I'm scoring nothing While he's dropping the ball, eight's running it back Now they're both of my 
team And my stomach is sick And it's all in my head But Dave's winning it all now He gets my first pick now Let me be And I just can't win It's killing me He's I'm not even sure. Do we still have weekly awards? Technically, I don't know what they are. I well, okay, all right. all right. I've never, I haven't been in contention for one since like week eleven. So, no idea. I would right. love to Let know what my weekly winnings are. Drew needs to get on here and uh, give us the break. Yeah, I, hey, fucking man, he's he's uh, making. Uh, he's got a very big, important new job. Uh, so, I I think his life is a little overwhelming right now but uh we we definitely we need him back on the pod uh okay so when is i'm trying to figure out oh no we don't have weekly awards (laughs) 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 whoops like (laughs) 